I used to have so many photos saved on my phone, just like about willpower and motivation and you just need to be stronger and you just need to commit. And I used to believe in that so wholeheartedly. And I really had to unlearn that message because through my own personal experience and through working with all of my, it's not about willpower. If you think about trying to stick to a diet, you start on Monday, by Thursday, you're binge eating on chocolate chip cookies. That's not a lack of willpower. That's a lack of carbs. Welcome back to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. Today, we're talking about changing our relationship with food. Joining me behind the mic is kinesiologist, naturopath, and author of Quit Stressing About Food, Danielle Illingworth. Denny struggled with emotional eating, uncontrollable food cravings, and poor body image throughout her teens and early 20s. But now, using her knowledge of naturopathy and kinesiology, she helps women overcome their own struggles in these areas. She is on a mission to help as many women as possible to heal their relationship with food and with their body so that together we can raise the next generation to enjoy food without guilt and love their bodies just as they are. Welcome, Danny. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. So I'd love to know where did this all start for you? We mentioned a little bit in the intro, just with you going through your own challenges with emotional eating. So what kind of led you on this path to then decide you want to help other women with the same thing? Yeah, so I struggled with those things for a really long time and it just felt like a vicious cycle where they were all kind of contributing to one another. And as a naturopath at uni and and kind of fresh out of uni, I started helping women with weight loss and a lot of women were coming to me wanting these kind of meal plans and diets and quick fixes and getting quite frustrated when things weren't going according to plan or you start self-sabotaging and get results up until a certain point and then things would just kind of plateau. And so I really had to dig further into, it's not just about the calories, it's not just about exercise. And so it kind of took me on this journey alongside my clients while I was still figuring out my own stuff to help them kind of get to a place where we could start working on the deeper issues. So I don't work with weight loss as such now, I work with all the deeper stuff that's going on. And that's what led me to studying kinesiology as well, because I realized that that mindset and emotional mental well-being around food and around our bodies plays such a big role in what we do day to day and so I went back and studied kinesiology and added that so that I could really address all parts instead of just being like here's a meal plan this is what you need to do because most of my clients really knew what they needed to do to lose weight it was more about working with why they weren't able to stick to it long-term. And that's where the kinesiology has been amazing. Yeah, awesome. Talking about your own journey, was there a moment of realization or something where it's more about the mindset? Like you said, you know what you have to do. Where did the the idea that it's all really about a mindset come into it? Yeah, I think the biggest turning point for me was actually when I lost a whole bunch of weight. I'd spent my whole teen adult life trying to lose weight and I managed to lose a whole heap of weight. I was at what I thought was my goal weight and nothing else in my life changed. And I realized that this kind of buildup that I'd created of like, when I lose weight, I'll be happy. And when I lose weight, I'll meet the right person and everything will fall into place. This kind of false ideal that I had about what weight loss would bring to my life, it changed nothing. I was actually in a really bad place in my life. 
And so that was really rock bottom for me where I was like, hang on, I've done what I thought was the only thing that was holding me back in life and nothing else has changed. So that's when I realized that I had to work on the inside and not just focus on food and how I looked on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you get to that, you know, when I lose weight, I will achieve this. I will be happy. And it's pushing that out in the future. Like when this happens, I will be this. I think we need to choose. We can be happy now, you know, as the way that you reframe it in your mind. So when you do work with your clients, what is kind of the process that you go through looking at the mindset side of things? Yeah, it's really different for everyone, but I guess the starting point is always like what their journey has been up until now. And often that takes us, you know, right back to childhood. How was food talked about? How was food treated when you were a child? What kind of beliefs and um, thought patterns and kind of yeah, habits have you created around food just from how it was treated as a child? You know, I've had clients where food was scarce and so now they tend to overeat because they have this fear of lack. I've had many clients where food was kind of used as punishment or reward from parents and so they kind of grow up into adults that punish and reward themselves with food. There's so many seemingly insignificant things that can happen um, in our childhood and throughout our early years that kind of create these beliefs and thought patterns around food and, and what it is that takes us so far away from the fact that food nourishes our bodies. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So complex thing that it doesn't need to be. Yeah, I oh, absolutely right. So talking about kinesiology, can you give us just a basic overview of what it is and how it works and how you as a kinesiologist use that with your clients? Yeah, for sure. I think kinesiology confuses a lot of people because it can be used so differently. The way that I use it, so basically kinesiology allows me to connect with the nervous system and energetic field of the person that I'm working with. So there's that energetic component to it. And basically the kinesiology can guide us to different things that need to be brought up. When I'm talking to a client, if they're talking about a specific memory, I'll be using the kinesiology to kind of assess, is this a really important thing? And if it is, then we'll delve into that deeper. If it's not, then we keep moving. It can be used even to track back in time so I can test up ages, specific things that happen. So I might be talking to a client and be like, age 11's testing up, what happened around then? And they're like, oh, this that's impacting you now. Let's work through that. So it's really about kind of clearing out the attic, getting rid of the, the stuff that we've stored in our memory that's affecting us now. Mm. Do you find that there are some commonalities with different clients or is it really just very different for every person in the way that we experience different things growing up? Yeah, I, there's definitely some common themes, particularly because I'm so focused on working around food and and body image but the individuality of it is that we make meaning out of things that happen to us so often when we're looking at a, a particular childhood memory it's not only what happened in that situation it's the meaning that we attach to so something might have happened that other people in that situation might have seen completely differently but as a child, we made that mean a certain thing and that is now affecting us today. So it may be that something happened that you decided it meant that your weight is dependent on your weight and the person on the other end of that in that memory didn't mean that at all. So it's not just what happened, it's what we made it mean and that's a very individual thing. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So from that point, when you've identified what that trigger point, whatever it might be, is how do you start to reshape that and reframe that in our everyday habits and our relationship with food? Yeah, that's the other great thing about kinesiology is it actually, we can use it to guide the kind of solution to that as well. So it helps us identify what's important and what needs to be cleared and let go of. But then I have a bunch of things that I can use EFT, visualizations, flower essences, so many different things that we can use to help clear that, but I'll actually use the kinesiology to guide what's needed to clear that. So rather than me kind of guessing, oh, I think you need this, I'm connecting with my client's nervous system and energetic field, and they're able to give me that, this is what's going to be the best thing to help you clear and and change that belief. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned EFT as one of those tools you can use. What are, can tell me, you know, how exactly that works with being able to clear that stuff out and some of the other like specific tools that can be really beneficial? Yeah, so EFT is tapping and you're tapping on specific acupressure points on the body. So on the head, face and on your wrists as well. And basically what it does is using those acupressure points, it helps to rewire the brain pathways of those thoughts. One of my favorite things about EFT is it's not just talking about the positive. So often when we're doing like positive affirmations, we have that part of our brain that kind of goes, well, this isn't true. And I don't believe that. With EFT, we're actually saying, even though, and stating the truth, which might sound negative, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. It's acknowledging what you're actually doing. It's not making anything seem false or overly positive, but it's working on changing those beliefs so that you can start to be okay with where you're at and from that place start to move forward. Yeah, awesome. The other thing that caught my eye when I was looking over your website is you talked about how it's not willpower that you're lacking. And I love to look at willpower as like, a muscle, like eventually it's going to wear out no matter what it is, what kind of habit we're trying to form or get rid of, willpower is going to wear out. So I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it because especially when we are trying to diet, I think I'll just go at it really hard this time, use all my willpower and, and I'll succeed, but that's never going to work when our willpower is going to run out. So what's your your take on that? And do you help people get out of that kind of strong willpower, all or nothing kind of mindset. Yeah, for sure. I used to have so many photos saved on my phone, just like about willpower and motivation and you just need to be stronger and you just need to commit. And I used to believe in that so wholeheartedly. And I really had to unlearn that message because through my own personal experience and through working with all of my, it's not about willpower. If you think about trying to stick to a diet you start on Monday, by Thursday, you're binge eating on chocolate chip cookies. That's not a lack of willpower. That's a lack of carbs. Like you're not giving your body what it needs. And there's so many things that we do to ourselves that kind of set us up for failure in terms of dieting and restricting and making things really hard and almost impossible for ourselves. But the dieting industry needs us to believe that it's our fault that they fail. And so that's where I think this whole willpower idea has come in. Like you just need to be stronger. You're the one that's stuffed up. And so a lot of the work that I do is about teaching people why diets don't work, why we end up binging by Thursday, why we get to a certain point in our weight loss journey and we start going backwards, whether it's physical causes that are making us give up or whether it's those emotional mindset things that are like our fears are popping up and it's hang on 
if I reach my goal weight, then I'll lose my relationship or whatever fear or belief you've attached to that. It goes so much deeper than willpower. Yeah. Can we talk about a few of those things with diets, especially why we've got this eight week Mm. transformation type diets being pushed at us, but in the end, most often we go back to our, our normal eating patterns and we find we might have put back on the weight or we developed all these other um, habits that we don't want from being so restrictive. So what is it about diet culture and the diets that are kind of pushed at us that really are counterintuitive and they don't work in the long run? Yeah, for sure. Diets really prey on our desire for a quick fix and we all desire that quick fix in in so many ways, like in so many different areas of our life. So diets kind of give us that promise. And then when they don't work, they blame it on us rather than the diet itself. The dieting industry is the only industry that is still surviving on like a 98% failure rate because we so deeply believe that it's our fault that the diets aren't working. And that's why when I work with clients, I'm not for everyone because not everyone is roommates short-term changes gradually but the people that do come to work with me have been through diet after diet and they're sick of it and they're ready to admit that they're not working and it's like okay fine I'll do it the long way and it seems like the longer way because you're making gradual changes but when you're in it you're actually getting that momentum so it's gradual changes but it's momentum so you're continuously moving forward towards a goal rather than this kind of up down roller coaster of yes, I'm doing something, I'm, you know, being good, we call it, I'm on a diet and then crash back down. I'll just be bad. I'll start again next month or whatever it is. So it feels like the harder way for some people, but once you're actually in it, that ongoing consistent momentum moving forward, even though it's slower, is so much more motivating than that kind of up down roller coaster that so many of us are stuck on. Yeah, absolutely. And what are some of those progressive changes that you make? So what's the kind of time period that someone would work with you? And what would that look like with making those progressive changes so that you can get that momentum? Yeah, it really depends. So I work with clients on three-month packages and some people will find that's enough to keep them going for a bit. Some people will kind of do two or three three-month packages in a row. It really does depend. And in terms of where we start, it depends what is the biggest kind of factor for that person. So I've had clients where we need to get straight into childhood, straight into healing those memories and beliefs that they've created there so that they use food. I've had people where we have to deal with emotional eating straight up and emotional eating, again, it's not about willpower. Emotional eating is just a way of numbing our emotions. And so when I'm working with someone on that, it's their biggest issue at that time and teaching them that all emotions are okay. It's okay to feel your emotions aren't scary. And also that's where the kinesiology comes in to help guide our starting point in terms of what is the biggest factor and what do we need to deal with first to help that client move forward. Sometimes changing that one big thing will kind of have a ripple effect onto all the other little things. But sometimes we have to work on those kind of few big things separately. Yeah, definitely. Are there some practices and things that people that are listening could put into their life if they're struggling a little bit with emotional eating or using food punishment or reward, like you said, to start to kind of identify that happening and replace it with something else? Yeah, um, 
starting with emotional eating, as I said, the biggest thing for that is recognizing that um, it's a way of numbing our emotions. And so when we're working with someone on emotional eating, it's always about going to the emotions and being okay with those. So a starting point for someone, a lot of us have kind of lost that literacy around emotions and how we're feeling uh, because we're so used to just pushing them down and trying to ignore them. So it may be as simple as checking in with your body when you have that urge to emotionally eat and going, okay, what am I actually feeling in my body? Is there a physical sensation? Can I give it a name? And recognizing in that moment that food's not going to give you what you need. And I'm super honest with people. This is how I started coming overcoming emotional eating by naming my emotions, but I still ate the food when I first started. And that's just the way that I had to do it because to take the food away felt like too much of a step. But after a while, I was able to go, I've named my emotion and I've had the food and I know that it did nothing. So what else can I do? And I was really gentle with myself in that process. So it's not, let's take away the emotional crux that you've used for years to cope with your emotions. It's about, let's kind of reconnect with your body, reconnect with yourself, get okay with your emotions. And you'll get to the point where you don't even want to use the food because you know that it doesn't help and it kind of makes things worse with your emotions and for people that even starts basic as let's name your emotion when you feel it in terms of food cravings it's really about acknowledging where they're coming from I always say food cravings are your body's way of telling you something and there's so many different kinds of food cravings and there's so many reasons why we can crave food but you can really start to delve into why am my body why is my body craving this food and how can I satisfy that craving in a healthy way rather than this is my fault. I don't have enough willpower, all those kind of things that we say to ourselves. So yeah, there's lots of really simple starting points that we can use to help create these long-term changes. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the key thing is the baby steps. Like you said, you don't want to take the step too far, keep it small, and then you're still making progress, but it's not too overwhelming. And then you risk going straight back into the same behaviors that you were already doing. Yeah, for sure. It's creating those really small wins for yourself so that you want to keep moving forward. Mm, Absolutely. So Denny, if someone would like to work with you, where can they connect and find out more about you? Yeah, everything's on my website. So it's danielleillingwork.com and you can find the links to my social media from there as well. Fantastic. And we'll also put those links in the show notes below if you'd like to go and check that out at the end of the episode. Just to wrap everything up, What is the one thing that you believe is the most important about creating a positive and healthy mindset? Yeah, I I guess as a kinesiologist, I'm very much working with people's past and kind of where they've come from. So rather than just looking at the mindset now and looking at what's contributed to that mindset and clearing out the stuff that's kind of contributing so that we can create that change in mindset and belief. So I kind of use the analogy of planting flowers over weeds. So if you just kind of go into the mindset and start saying these positive affirmations, you're just trying to plant flowers on top of weeds. But what I do as a kinesiologist is let's go in and clear out the weeds. Let's get rid of them, throw them in the bin, and then we can plant the flowers. So we're not kind of ignoring what's underneath, but we're dealing with that stuff before we start to move to the mindset that we want to create. Yeah, perfect. That's a great answer. And I think that's so important as well. We don't want to just mask it over, pretend that those things aren't there and really get to the root of those and deal with that so that we can really, truly move forward. Yes, absolutely. Denny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. 
Thank you for having me. It is not about willpower. It's about finding the tools and creating the systems that allow you to reach your goals. If you'd like to connect with Denny, you can visit the show notes below. If you've been enjoying the show, it would be awesome if you could take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. I can't wait to do it all again with you next time. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.